What's the thing that scares you the most? Confined spaces and uh, blood particles in the air, the dark, that coral thing that's been staring at me since I came in here. Chris, I'm scared to death. Welcome to the Sum of All Fear podcast, the show that examines real-life phobias and the horror movies that prey on them. So pour yourself something strong, Feardos, and let's find out what makes you afraid. All right. Live from our bedroom. Brown chicken, brown cows. Brown chicken, brown wow. It's where the magic happens. Yeah. At least once a week. <laughs> At least once a week. Unless we're tired. <laughs> That's marital sex, y'all. We got kids, man. Married sex. And they're right, they're right outside the door, too. They're listening. They, I mean, they could talk. be. It's okay. Yeah, why not? They know. They're not we are, listening. yeah. We're, We've we're, already said sex. They're not listening. We're in the we're in the bedroom um, because uh, the kids are here. Normally, we when we record, we don't have the children, and we have them tonight. So we we have made a a new studio. We're improvising in the bedroom. In the bedroom. Dang. That's where we make music, anyways. Sorry, mom. That's where we make the music happen. Sorry, mom. Sweet, sweet, sweet music. <laughs> Welcome back, Feardos. Hey, Feardos. Uh, I'm Drew, the husband and uh, horror nerd, and this is Chris, the wife and professional mental health therapist. Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, fun fact: Chris is a former artistic roller skater, and I used to willingly rollerblade around my hometown without any shame. What? Yeah, it's a true story. Oh. There was a brief time between, like, when I when I was like, oh, like rollerblading is cool. It's 1994, and and you know. So I, I went around cool. without any shame. It's still cool. Were you Not naked? Cool. Not cool. Was I naked? Yeah. No. Somebody has rollerbladed naked at Burning Man. I promise you. Well, I'm sure they With have, no shame. but I was 13. So probably in their mid 40 to 50s. Yeah. I was not naked. That would be, that would be odd. That would be odd. Well, That'd be strange for a 14 year old or 13 year old kid did, to do. Why would you feel shame anyways? Hmm. Blading is cool. I don't know. I, I think we need to, to change the subject here. <laughs> um, you know what I've heard though? You know what I've heard? What? Through the grapevine. I've heard that we're now being called the Ed and Lorraine Warren of podcasting. So. Didn't you know them? You know, if you have any fun possessed objects in your home, uh, let us know. We can't do anything about it, but we want to hear about it because that shit's cool. That shit would be fun. Yeah. I would. I wouldn't mind having it. I'm down. Give me some creepy dolls. What? I like creepy dolls. I like to hear about them. I don't want to own them. Yeah. I want to own some possessed shit. Give me some possessed stuff. So when are you moving out? Um, Come on. Come on. You know, it'd be cool. Um, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, and if you like the show, please go to your apps, your podcast apps, and give us a rating and review just like Brent Clifton did. Oh. Also known as my cousin, Brini. Your cousin. Cousin Brini. He wrote on Apple Podcasts, I've been listening since episode one, and the show just keeps getting better. The concept is out of this world if you love arcane knowledge. Even if you aren't a big fan of horror films, I tend to be super picky. Drew and Chris present the content in a fun conversational tone, and even though they say they're going too long, the time just flies by. It has been great to hear the improvements they've made to the production as they have become more practiced at creating their podcast. I look forward to every new episode with great anticipation. You are just super. Thanks, Brandy. Thanks, Brandy. Be like Cousin Brent. Be like Brandy. Y'all. y'all. Be like Cousin Brent, y'all. Uh, rate and review. That's right. Give us a rating and review. And you know what? 
if you give us a rating and review, all you got to do is shoot us a message on social media and we're going to send you some, a handful of stickers, our yeah. brand new stickers. Yeah. Drew was licking some envelopes this week and sending I stickers I did. Out. I sent some, I sent some stickers out and we want you to go plaster them around your neighborhood. All you have to do is put ask. them in your, put them on, on the wall of your dive bar bathroom. We'll give them to you for free. Mm-hmm. I got a whole shitload of them. So yeah. take them. Please. Show your fear to pride, people. Get them out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how are you doing, honey? I'm good. It has been a crazy week. Crazy. Uh, you know, Mercury is uh, in Gatorade right now. So well, everything's that's, just isn't it off. always? It seems like it always is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, we haven't it's just hasn't been like super exciting, just a lot of like family stuff and like just daily taking grind. Taking care of business. Taking care of business. Sometimes you gotta do that, guys. Yeah, it's been a lot. You gotta buckle down and take care of business. We did go see Midsummer last week after like we said after our episode, we as soon as we finished recording, we headed out and went and saw the new Ari Aster flick. Holy mindfuck. Which you were not uh I don't know, what'd you think? Oh man. The first oh, the, the first the first 15, twenty minutes are about 15, 20 minutes like are so realistic and so, so heavy. heavy and like I'm getting emotional just like talking about it because they they oh my god they hit it on the head what it's like on on all sides of that experience of um, being someone and of trying to uh, be a relative or a family member uh, to someone who's really struggling heavily with a mental illness. Yeah. Um, and yeah. The grief, the grief and uh, the grief that's depicted in that, in that first it is, is is brutal. It's about, and I think I said, we wrote an article this week. So we wrote an article. It's up on some of all and it's done very well um, on our website. Um, it's been read about 350 times oh, in neither. the last five days that's or nice. whatever. So that's kind of cool. So it struck a nerve, I guess. Um, you know, and it's, it was really interesting to kind of dissect it because as soon as this movie came out, just like Hereditary did um, when it came out, this this Ari Aster just has a way of like just making you so uncomfortable throughout the whole of his movies, like start to finish. And and he did in this one big time. Like it was just you just felt uncomfortable and uneasy the whole time. There no. were some comedic moments. He had some black comedy mixed in it was some very dark comedy really well placed. Um, mixed in throughout it. But it was, it was basically a, a, a big, you know, we, we, we decided as we analyzed it, that it had a lot. It was basically a movie about codependency and, and dealing with grief, codependency and grief and, and relational grief, right. how grief is not just one person or a singular event it's it's a multitude it ripples um and how it affects differently in each person and it it was not at all what i expected i don't know what i expected um it was not at all what i expected uh i also don't think i like it (laughs) you never like any you, you don't like those ones that make you just completely um you know sad It's not just sad. It was the, like you said, the whole just heavy. time. It was so two heavy. hours and 20 minutes of almost not breathing, yeah. waiting for what's going to happen because you just, like you said, everything is uneasy and everything in that movie is so bright. Um, and that even is unnerving and unsettling. Um, so, I mean, go out and watch it. Um, you're always going to have, you know, your naysayers and your, Hey, Nairs. Well, you know, I think it was really interesting because I think there was so many different immediately. There's like tons of interpretations, tons of opinions to from everything from like this movie was 
fucking terrible. This is a rip off of Wicker to, Man. Yeah, Wicker Man. Yeah, this is oh, it's just Wicker Man, you know, in a different package, which is just bullshit. Like, it, it, yes, it's a folk, it's folk horror, and it has similarities. Um, but gosh, every horror movie has homage to another horror movie. I mean, of some kind, but it's nothing like Wicker Man, really. Uh, other than an outsider comes to a folk, a folky, you know, out of the way cultish kind of environment. But, um, but a lot of those those rituals and stuff that were in Wicker Man that are also in in Midsummer, those are real rituals. They're real ancient rituals from a lot of these Scandinavian countries and countries, you know, that that um, that you know, various different cultures and people groups that practice these things. Um, but there were so many diverse diverse opinions about, you know, oh, the the main character of Danny is she this this kind of does she kind of come to this great enlightenment is she this big feminist hero is christian her boyfriend kind of this this you know kind of bad character and she's the good character and and really we didn't really see it that way it was more of kind of a mix of of how these these two characters interacted was very similar to how codependents act in in relationships and codependent relationships in general right which and you're a recovering codependent so yeah active recovering codependent for about what nine who married a mild narcissist yeah. Um, Which, you know, that's what keep, they do. We, yeah, we keep each other in check a little bit. Um, at least I think we do. Uh, maybe that was codependent of me, but. Well, um, we, we, we are able to classify ourselves. So that's a good thing, right? That's self-aware, isn't it? Mildly? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. We're very aware um, of our codependency, which uh, is, is, it has some similarities to um, narcissistic traits. Um, of course, it doesn't carry all of them, but um, there is definitely something behind the experience of codependency that is very much, um, I want to feel enough, I want to feel needed, I want to feel wanted, I want to feel a part of something bigger. And I felt like Ari Aster, number one, told us that this what is what this movie was about. Well, he did. In interviews, he actually said that this is basically what the, the journey was. It was a journey of codependency and that she doesn't really win. And the then end. number two, <laughs> she doesn't win the journey or win, win, win this process or, or, or come out on top in the process. She actually kind of and ends number up two, in the same reflecting place. Reflecting on the process myself, having looked at um, the dynamics in her initial relationship um, and how she, she kind of falls into the trap of people pleasing, even though she's deeply grieving um, and she's not asking for what she truly needs or wants. And, and he's not able to give it to her and right. she knows that. Right. So she's willing to, quote unquote, self-sacrifice, which is very, um, it's, it's such a double-edged sword because you're giving up so much of yourself to someone else that you lose yourself in the process. And that's essentially what happens to her when she tags along on this trip. Don't, don't go too deep. Cause I don't and, want to give any spoilers away. Oh, whatever. And, um, she tags along on this trip and, um, you know, ultimately, in the end, it, it looks like she's kind of been a little bit like victorious, like victorious in the end. Um, but really, if if I think about the dynamics that are going on in the larger system around her in this cult, um, they're very similar. And that's so what to her me, relationship was. It's kind of a, to, a bigger a bigger group that just right. kind of is a is a it's like a macrocosm of her relationship. Mm-hmm, yep. It's just it it's like very reflective, and that's something that codependents have to be very aware of is mimicking those relational patterns um, on larger scales or different scales when we think we've escaped it. Um, and so that's why I'm with a mild narcissist now. That's right. Because I that's have my codependency in, in check though. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, go check it out. Uh, tell us if you think that you're, that we're right or wrong. Um, I'll 
tell you my opinion on it too. And yeah. we can discuss codependency. If there are any other of you recovering or soon to be recovering codependents out there, reach out. Well, this movie will strike a nerve with you. There's no doubt. I mean, there's, it's, it was, I really loved it. And I love these kind of movies that make you think. And, and I love horror that's intelligent. And, you know, it's great. if you go online, like the, there's so many horror fans who are no offense, but shallow. just dumbasses. I mean, there's a lot of dumbass well, that, that just, that literally don't, they, the, anything that makes you think even a little bit is considered an art film. Oh, I'm tired of all these art film horror movies. Screw you guys. Like, no. you know, if, I get it. If all you want to watch is just, is just slashers. That's fine. I personally love it all. I like all of it. The superficial to the cheesy, to the, to the intellectual. I think they, they all have their place and they're fun. And, and, you know, I really hate one dimensional horror fans. It really bothers me when people are just like, so against anything that makes them think. And cause I really like those. I think they're, they're, they're important. And I think they, they give us something back. Um, I think sometimes I like them. And then sometimes I need something uh, stupid three weeks um, and a therapist after I see them. <laughs> so, you know, well, go, it's go, a balance. go watch it guys. Go check it out. Um, we, you know, we had a, we had a heavy episode last week with our fear of sex episode. It was mildly heavy. Um, uh, and, and, uh, so we won't dig too deep into uh, into midsummer just yet, but I'm sure somewhere down the, the road, you know, we should do branch out into do doing some some of these kind of dysfunctional relationship kind of things and pair those with movies. And instead of just doing a phobia, kind of doing maybe a little bonus episode. Well, I told you about how when I was growing up, I used to, hey, I'm gonna date myself, y'all. I used to name my burned CDs, um, and I had a kind of a trend in high school for a while where I was naming them after specific fears that I felt of myself. That's so funny. So that's crazy when you told me that. And I really like, I was digging around trying to find them the other day. I know they're here. I want to, I want pictures of those to post Uh, on social media because how perfect is that? But I know that some of them were like fear of being alone, fear of being forgotten, fear, very things that are, as I reflect back, were very reflective of my needs. Um, of myself that I wasn't ready to address as well, a also just being a super angsty emo teenager. Ugh. Ugh. Shut up, dad. So fear of so afraid of get being out of alone. my room. <laughs> I'm gonna die alone. Oh, well, let's play a little. Uh, let's play a little. What the fear? What do you think? Let's do it. And you want to do uh, you want to you want to do the honors this time <gasps> or do you want me to? You do it. So All I right. Can do the background sketch. All right. Oh yeah, that's right. You've been doing doing the little. Uh, it's my favorite. All right. Well, let's transition into our uh, into our phobia based trivia game here, and it's time for the world's greatest phobia based trivia game. What the fear? You say it now. What the fear? There you go. Okay, you have to say it like that. All right, it's time for What the Fear. Yeah. Another week, another round of crazy phobias. Another round of winning. Yeah, you've been doing really well. Thanks. You've been you've been killing it. You've been Thank killing you. it. I think we found a good balance. It's good for my uh my your ego? It's good for my soul. Your soul? Yeah. I went straight to ego. My in here. <laughs> is that what you call your ego? Yeah, no. Your my, soul in here in my chest plate is where my <laughs> ego is. Uh, you know, you're not familiar with the ego uh, strafagus sarconium. Is that right, right there here? in the middle? Yeah, is that right, right here, in the, right below the breastplate. Right, right, right above, below the breasticles. Right, right adjacent to the uh, breasticles. Adjacent to the breasticles. Not a doctor. Not a doctor. <laughs> 
Uh, well, it's time for what the fear. Okay. And uh, I got some. I got some good ones for you. Oh, let's do this. Um, <laughs> I just realized this one's even funnier than I thought it was. Oh yay! <laughs> you made it weird. Oh, good times. Good times. All right. Your first phobia is bromidrophobia. Bro, just like bro, <laughs> B-R-O, mid, M-I-D-R-O, midrophobia, bro, midrophobia. Are you ready for your hint? Yes, please. All right. By the time you got to the third day of Woodstock, someone with this phobia would be having serious panic attacks. By the time you got to the third day of Woodstock, someone with this phobia would be having serious panic attacks. Fear of body odor. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> okay, so wow. I don't know where I remember this from, but bro- Did you remember that one? Bromide. Oh, bromide, yeah. Is an ingredient in deodorant, I think. That would make sense. Or something like that. Is it like a-, a That would make sense. I don't so, know. Um, I didn't look at the roots, but so I that would make sense. I don't sense. know, but I remember the word bromide, and I was like- Having to do with smells or having to do with odor? Or like a cleaning or something like that, and then I was like, Woodstock. It's the fear of body smells. Thank Very you. good. It's either going to be that or not, not showering. Bro, well, and then it had bro at the beginning, too, which I liked. Bro. Like, bro, I don't know. I just think of bros as being smelly. With sweaty balls. I mean, they probably smell like- um uh, Drakkar Noir, mostly. Monster and Monster Drakkar. and- and, uh, and and uh, what's that? What's what's that? Bro deodorant, axe. axe body spray, and sadness, <laughs> and sadness, dried <laughs> and tears. despair, and dried tears and semen, an old four loco, oh stale four loco, no 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 no. Now it's um, it's claw, white claw. That's not for the boys though, for is the it? Claw. That's for the ladies. The claw. The ladies are liking the claw. The ladies love the claw. It's like basically like wine spritzers, aren't they? Pretty much. It's like four loco for ladies. All right. Are you ready for your next one? Let's do it. One for one. Well done. I, I kind of miss the days where I just got them all wrong, you know, and it was just shameful. <laughs> but you loved the shame. Well, I didn't love the shame. You loved the shame. I did not love the you shame. Did. I wanted to get them right. You relished in the shame. All right. Number two. Klinophobia or cleanophobia. Klinophobia. K, uh, sorry, C-L. I-N-O, phobia, clinophobia. What's my hint? Most kids seem to have this fear, but most parents, well, good parents anyway, still enforce these rules every night. Most kids seem to have this fear, but most parents, the good ones anyway, still enforce these rules every night. Fear of going to sleep? Close. Going to bed? I'll give it to you. Fear of going to bed. <laughs> Damn it. You could have gone brushing your teeth. You could have gone a lot I of had ways. brushing my teeth at first. And then I was like, mm, but not mm. every kid fears brushing it. But every single, they wrote a book, Go the Fuck to Sleep. That's true. About go kids the that fuck don't to sleep. go the fuck to sleep. When it's bedtime, stop hitting my computer. I know. I'm sorry. You have it very close to me, and I. Have Our kids are always like, ten more minutes, ten more minutes. Can I do after minutes? the show? Why the show? Can I finish the show a thousand times that you can pause? On Our kids Netflix have been watching the tomorrow. Goldbergs, and they, which you know, I like the Goldbergs. Good show, but I've literally seen it now. Like, I've seen every episode probably like 15 times at this. So point. many times. I, and I remember doing that when I was a kid. Like, Saved by the Bell, I watched 
like what was it on six times a day? And I think I literally watched it every it time TBS, it was on. It, there was marathons. Yeah, it was on over and, then and over. And when it wasn't on TBS, it was on TNT marathons. So I get it. You know, I watched every sitcom over and over and over again. But I think I mixed it up a little bit. No, we didn't mix it up. I did. I totally did because they had there was stuff on in between. Like you know, it'd be like Full House, and then it'd be Family Matters, and then it'd be well. That's the thing you know, is that we were forced to mix. Well, it because up. we didn't have the choice if to just watch things. To we didn't have we didn't exactly. have we didn't have a Roku that we could just sit and watch Hulu over every, and over again. over over and over. So. All right, two for two, son of a bitch. Sorry. <sighs> this is my wheelhouse. Don't like this. Wheelhouse. All right. I feel like I need to make this one tougher now. Somehow. Do it. I don't know how to. I've, I've already written my clue. How do I? You're probably going to get this one anyway because you probably know the root, but ichthophobia. Ichthophobia. I C T H Y O phobia. Can you get it without the, the hint? Uh, Ichthophobia. So um, in Reno. Do you know the state? No, not Reno. Great, in Nevada. Hold on. In Nevada. In, no, in Reno at Great Basin, there's a beer called the Ichthyosaurus. Right. Which is the, so which is, that's the state, uh, the state, uh, f- something of Nevada, the state fossil. Uh, I think it's the state, state, uh, seriously, state it is. fossil of Nevada mm-hmm. is the ichthyosaurus. Mm-hmm. So it's a big deal. They, and I think it's, it's very a old. flying animal, right? Could be. Um, I don't you, think I can get it without the hint. All right. I'll give you a hint. Well, the hint's going to, going to ruin it. You wouldn't find a person with this fear in the ocean snorkeling. Oh, damn. And they probably wouldn't go inside and watch finding Nemo either. <laughs> Okay, so I was like way wrong. Way off. It's not a flying thing. It was thing, not a flying thing. But it did have flippers, so I thought in my head it Dude, was... Those were wings? Yeah, those are wings. Those are flippers. You don't know. Faster than lightning. They call me flipper, flipper, faster than lightning. <laughs> well, that was pretty good. Thank you. Um, All right. I've not practiced. So what do you think? Uh, can I have the hint again? I'm sorry. I was distracted by the fact that I got it no. so wrong. No, you may not. Oh, you bitch. No, I'm cutting you off. Okay. So something about <laughs> oceans and I don't remember the rest. Um... <sighs> do, 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 do. Come on. Fear of sea creatures? It's just fear of fish. Oh, fear of fish. Come on, man. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, why am I saying sorry? No, I'm not you sorry. Right. Like, I tried it. <laughs> You've got it right for the most part. Yeah, the ichthyosaurus is a is a, is a a big giant it's a fish big, creature. It's a big deal and it's a big beer here. It was a, yeah, it was a, it was a fossil from like, from like, yeah, a long time ago. It was, it was, it's an old one. Oh, the icky. I knew how to spell it before you even told me. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I thought you might get this one without even getting the hint. I didn't. I'm sorry. I let you So, know. and it relates to our topic for today. Oh shit. Which is, uh, which is the fear of sharks, <gasps> which is a fun one. We, uh, we are close to 4th of July, mm-hmm. midsummer. It's time to get to the beach. Midsummer. Time to do some 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 swimming around in the ocean. Um and we and we decided to do sharks cuz this is a this is a good midsummer kind of kind of uh, a topic, you know. Yeah. Jaws Jaws was a 4th of July movie. 
Uh, also a summer release. So what a better way to celebrate. So we are going to talk about fear of sharks and, uh, and we're also going to talk about, uh, talk about jaws, of course, what better movie. And then we're also going to dive into, uh, the freaking bazillion CGI <laughs> cheesy ass C movie, not even B movie, C movies C or D minus that are shark movies. Like, they are, like maybe there they is have to a repeat. plethora. I did not realize how many there were and I didn't even exhaust the list. And, and you it spent is a long time, very long. Um, but without further ado, let's go ahead and uh, dive into our phobia for today, which is, do you know how to pronounce it? Salachophobia. Is it C A? Is it Ch? Ch? Or ka. It's it's a selachophobia. So it is a C H. I mean the Z H is pronounced and it's, so. it's not ka. Because I was wondering. I didn't look it up. I should have. Um, well, let's go with that. Selachophobia. All right, how you doing? Good. You ready to tell us about this phobia? Absolutely. The fear I, of sharks. I am ready to defend dun it, dun it. the shark name. Defend the shark name? Defend the shark name. Hmm, they it's need def- got a they, they really need rap, defending. Man. They got some pretty big ass teeth. I don't think they need defending. I they think they're all right. They got some big ass teeth, but they got big ass hearts too. And people be trampling all over them. Oh, really? Yeah. The poor little sharks. Yeah. They might be cold blooded, but their hearts are warm. Oh. You'll learn. Do, all do, of do, you, do. The more you know. You know. All right. Tell us about salachophobia. Well, okay. You got to so, tell us about the fear of it before you start, before you start defending the little monsters. I, I will. I'll wrap the little I'll mo- wrap water monsters. The little water monsters could be a house monster. <laughs> we'll find that out we're not later. There yet. Um, so really when we look at it, the fear of sharks is not irrationally based. I mean, predatory fish are scary. They are. It's, it's not a weird thing for us to be uh, alarmed by these things um however out of the 465 known species from the seven inch pygmy spined to the 50 foot whale shark only about 10 are even remotely dangerous to humans but we know that phobias are irrational levels of fear regarding specific things Uh, so with this it has to be some sort of a learned fear or an adaptive fear that pairs with an emotion and i'll talk about that a little bit more but really, it's a survival mechanism. And well, yeah, when you see big things and sharp things big, and dangerous sharp, things, fast in the water where you're not, whether in fast. or out of the water, right? I mean, you know, yeah, that, that's, that's true. true on land too, right? I mean, we see, you know, Tigers. A, a big, yeah, a big mountain lion. We kind of instinctively know, like, stay away from that thing. Yeah, it's going to maul your 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 eyeballs out. I don't have claws. I don't have any sort of protective mechanisms unless you have, you know, a weapon on you. But, um you know, big predatory things are scary and really sharks got a bad rap and an increased phobia right around the time that jaws came around Sure, and national geographic has a big article about that. Um, so really the fear of sharks is a, is a learned fear that's paired with our emotions. And as we know, the brain processes information in two ways. So the brain is number one, hardwired to respond to feelings first and thoughts second. So big, scary thing, sharp teeth can kill me. Emotion, fear, right? Run away, right? Alarm, 
<laughs> scared. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why they are big and and fast and mean in the water and kill things and stuff like that. Like they're a predator. They are them, and we are prey when we are with in the water with them. Right. Or can be. Exactly. And so the second thing we know about how the brain processes information is that over time, our brain responds more with feelings than with thinking, especially with things that are familiar. So we tend to respond more with feelings when we've responded with feelings to something already. So we feel very strongly about our fear of sharks. So strongly that in fact, when I was a kid and I saw Jaws, I had fears of sharks coming up through my bathtub, like, and just like swallowing the bathtub hole or, um, being in the pool or things like that. that yeah. Completely irrational. Well, our, our, our youngest, when he watched, uh, Jaws for the first time, you know, cause we're bad parents. Cause so he was like five probably or six. <laughs> um, he, he, he didn't want to go in the lake. He didn't want to go swim in the lake, like Lake sharks. Tahoe and stuff like that. Eventually we, you know, we convinced him like, dude, trust us. I don't care what all those BC CGI <laughs> movies tell you. There are no sharks in this lake. And that's all emotion-based thinking, you know? Like, Even though there's like 50 is, movies with sharks and lakes. That is terrifying. And it's it's really tough to kind of separate the facts from that emotion sometimes. Um, our brain gets lazy. We have like cases of the lazy brain, which is where our brain... The lazy of, brain. The lazy brain, where our brain naturally kind of creates a bunch of mental shortcuts that allow it to kind of rapidly judge situations and make decisions without us even realizing it because it takes calories to think. And so your brain is trying to do things in the fastest, most efficient way possible. And so if there's water and I've seen a shark in water, that means sharks can be in water. That means sharks can be in that water. It's danger, Will Robinson. That means danger water. <laughs> danger water. So, but, um, you know, we find that um, like with Bader and colleagues at Chapman University, they found that the more familiar a person is with any sort of risk, um, they're more likely to decrease in that fear over time as they learn it. So think about folks that maybe live in Florida. Um, they may not be as fearful of shark attacks as, you know, say someone from Nevada that doesn't encounter well, sharks that, a well, whole that lot also or isn't educated by so, it. So for example, me, mm -hmm. right? So I grew up in San Clemente, California, which is like surf capital USA. Like Surfer Magazine, Surfing Magazine are based out of my old hometown. I was on the surf team in high school. I surfed from the time I was, I don't know, five years old, probably. Um, and so I was in the water all the time. I was in the ocean all the time. And, and I never really, you know, and you're also, when you're a kid and you're kind of a teenager and, and, and a kid, you kind of are, you don't think about, a little bit you fearless. don't think about your mortality. Yeah. You're a little fearless too. Um, but I actually got circled by sharks one time, uh, down at San Onofre, um, I was actually just North of San Onofre. I was with some buddies and we were, uh, we were out early. It was like six 30 in the morning or seven in the morning. And we had paddled out and it, we were the only three guys as far as you could see, like North, South, there was no other surfers out, just us. Um, and we saw, and, and it was, it was, it was normal to see dolphins consistently, you sure. know, cruising around. It was normal to see a sea lion pop up or, you know, you know, whatever, um, so it wasn't that weird to see things in the water, you know, here and there. Um, but all of a sudden we saw, we saw fins just like, I mean, total jaws moment, full on just fins out of the water. 
and more than one. There was three of them, in fact. Ooh, they teamed up. <laughs> there was three of them, in fact, and they Do were. Do you know what kind of sharks? Uh, I'm I'm almost a hundred percent certain they were blue sharks, okay. and they I believe they were juveniles, probably like six seven feet, which is still I mean big, and bigger scary. than me. Yeah, you know? at that time, yeah. Um, and and they circled us just like you see in a cartoon. I mean, they literally circled us. And I, luckily there was a set coming in and I hopped on a wave and I was the first one on the beach. I was like cartoon, you know, out of the water, you know, and the other two guys didn't get that wave. I like paddled for it and hopped on it and they missed the wave. So that I watched them from the beach and I watched, I watched them. I watched a wave come up and I could see, the full <gasps> length of two of the sharks in the wave. In the wave. Oh my um, gosh. Right by them. And I was like, oh shit. And they managed to get in and they never, they never attacked them, but they will attack. I mean, you know, even, even sharks, uh, even blue sharks or, or sharks that are not normal, you know, normally don't normally attack or you don't hear about them attacking. Sure. Them. So they, they'll attack um, as well. well. So it was pretty think, freaky. If they think that anything could potentially attack them or could be a source of food, they're going to go after it. But I was always more scared of the, of the seals, man. Those things are gnarly. Right. And they They'll will bite get much, stinking ankles. they will go after you. you well, know? and sharks will too. I mean, there, there's, there's always, you know, uh, the girl who got her arm bit off in Hawaii. Sure. I think she was in Hawaii. Um, the Bethany Hamilton, mm-hmm. um, you know, arm bit off while she was surfing. Um, and now she's like a top professional female surfer. You know, right. with it one arm, which is crazy. It hasn't kept her out of the water. And that's where, you know, Bader says that, you know, that familiarity, you know, it didn't keep you out of the water because you knew, you know, sharks are part of, of what we do here. And this is what you do, you know, if sharks circle you and, you know, you don't well, it's also do this rare. and this. And it's also pretty Very fairly, rare. It's, yeah. you know, in, in all the years of 18 years of whatever surfing consistently, um, that was the only time that I ever saw a shark in the water. Like every day. And I was out four or five days a week at least. And only time I ever saw a shark in the water, saw sand sharks and things like that. But you know, down in the shallows, but that's just normal stuff. Never, ever saw another shark after that in the water. Same. And it's that kind of very rare. Yeah. It's that. Although, although I will say, sorry to interrupt again, but uh, San Clemente is now infested with great whites. Right. <laughs> For the last Ooh. like few years, they've been having great whites, big ones too. A little bit more inland. Like, yeah, more inland way more. We never, when I was growing up, you never, ever, ever heard of great whites uh, in that area in Southern California. And now every summer now they are having uh, big shark issues. Um, San Clemente Pier, they just, I think last week, just spotted a big one right off the pier. Um, my my nephews and nieces are down there and they, they're all junior lifeguards and it's freaky because they're, they got great whites down there now, which they never did. And I, I think some of it, I heard that after the power plant in Japan melted down, mm-hmm. that it changed migration patterns of all of the Pacific ocean, basically all the Pacific ocean species. That so they all kind of surprised moved. me. Um, you know, if it changed the ecological system near the shore and a little bit farther off from that, that everything would kind of shift. And also with global warming, you know, things have kind of shifted as well, but it's that increased media coverage too, that, oh, yeah. that increases that kind of fear of shark attacks where Yes, sharks are coming more inland. Yes, there's a bunch of sharks out there. But how prevalent is it really to get attacked by a shark? How many people versus how many people get attacked? You know, overall. Well, and, and a lot the- of it has to do with with your locale too. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, if you're in Australia, it's a it's an issue. If you're in South Africa, it's a big issue. You have to be you know? aware. 
And there are precautions that you can take, which one of them, as you were speaking, you were saying you guys were out at six and seven in the morning. And um, one of the things that I read from Australia on um, shark awareness was uh, May through September, only only fish or swimming and fishing and surfing between the hours of nine and five. Right. Because, because dark hours, especially night, Mm -hmm. nighttime, you never want to be in the water at night in those areas. And you never want to wear bright clothing or shiny things. They're very attracted to shiny things. Um, you don't want to swim near piers or near people that are fishing Mm -hmm. because that's where sharks tend to be. right? Right. And they were seen by the pier in San Clemente as well. So, um, you know, really there's only about on average five deaths a year related to shark attacks. Um, and so that's really low comparatively. And a lot of that is due to shark education uh, and awareness and the facts that they don't always go seeking out people. I mean, they, for the most part, they just want to go about their day and do their thing, you know? So, well, they're attracted. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to try to find food, a food source. And so they're going to escape something that they think is. Uh, dangerous. It's dangerous, sure. But I think a lot of times, especially with surfers, I mean, you look like a seal, dude. I mean, you're out there, especially if it's cold, if it's cold water, which a lot of times great whites, that's where they hang out. Um, let's say, you know, you're surfing in the Bay Area in San Francisco when it's water's 45 degrees and you're wearing a big old, big old full wetsuit with a like hoodie. You look like a seal, bro. And you got your, your black, you know, wetsuit hanging out over your surfboard. You look like a seal. I mean, you just you can't help. I mean, it is what it is. They got little, they got tiny pea brains and they're, you know, prehistoric dinosaurs, basically. It's instinct, instinct, so, instinct and instinct alone. You exactly. Know? Um, so really when we look at kind of the, the short bites on this <laughs> year, I that know, was right? bad. I know really bad. So good. Um, it can be summed up with three things. The reason why folks are afraid of sharks is number one, something called the availability heuristic, which Kahneman suggests that it is basically just a bunch of mental shortcuts in the brain that help keep us safe, right? Hot things are hot. Sharp things are sharp. You know, right. don't, don't, you know. There's a natural instinct that, that says this is bad. Stay away from it. Right. Exactly. Um, it, with the addition of emotions, which are quite wired, <coughs> excuse me in us at birth, we're wired to make emotional decisions from birth in order to help keep us alive. And that's part of that like lazy piece of shit brain that I talked about earlier and the mental emotional shortcuts. Plus the brutality of the method of death. It's pretty brutal. Those three things. (laughs) It's pretty brutal. Combined lead us to that intense kind of fear of sharks, whether it be on any end of the spectrum of fear. Um, And the method of death is interesting because when asked, you know, what's scarier, death by heart attack or shark? What do you say? I mean, shark. Right? You would think that. And that's very emotion-based. But when you think deeply about it. It's easier to be afraid of sharks than it is to be afraid of the slow, painful, inevitable death by a thousand decisions daily made. Way to bring us down. Exactly. Then it is. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think, I think, you know, uh, most of the time shark attacks are going to be fast. Right. You know, they, they can be painful and, and and they can can be be brutal, but they could be quick, very quick too. Um, you know, I was thinking about beyond jaws nowadays, you know, with shark week on what discovery channel or Mm. whatever it is, 
Uh, they get a week. Well, and you see this, you see like how they attack seals and how they how attack powerful and how they powerful are. they are. They play with them and they throw them back and forth. They do all these crazy shit. You well, know? we like, perceive that they play with them. Well, I think, I think orcas probably do that more right. than, more than, uh, cause we know they're but much yet, more intelligent, for some, but, but for some reason we don't perceive orcas as dangerous or as deadly to oh, us yeah, as, as we perceive sharks. Well, and, and they're, and they're, higher on the food chain really exactly I mean, uh, there was a i think it was in it was in there's a video on youtube um i gotta remember where it was off the coast of california but it was a pod of it was a basically a it was a it was a killer whale versus a great white video where they they caught it on camera head to fucking head. of them going at each other it was pretty fucking crazy that's nuts um but I love that shit. And you do too. You love Shark Week and love watching the, you know, all that stuff. It's it's amazing to see these top predators, you know, something that for 450 million years has spent at the top of the food chain in the sea. You know, over those million years, they developed three extra senses, which include vibration sensing, pressure sen- sensing, and electrical pulse sensing. Which, well, especially when you add it in the megalodon. Yeah, right. And the the, the ability to fly in tornadoes. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. And and apparently, uh, never. Yeah, we'll <laughs> go just about anywhere according to all of the amazing shark movies. They, that they are out def- there. it defies facts, right? Yeah. Well, no, it's just it, you know they're just they're magical creatures. Apparently. <laughs> well, I mean, the reality is is that sharks are not a threat to us. Uh, sharks are not a large threat to us. In fact, they serve a really crucial ecosystem service. Knocking an apex predator off of the food chain is like cutting a leg from a dinner table. And that would create a, a serious a domino effect. oceanic dystopia. Um, think about like how, when wolves were taken out of Yellowstone right? and how they had to be reintroduced because the ecosystem was well, the deer population thrown just off. blew up exactly. and all the, you know, all the things that they're supposed to, that those wolves were keeping in check. Exactly. Um, and that was a big, that was a big concern, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but, um, of, of Peter Benchley, the guy who wrote Jaws, um, he really was concerned about that after the movie came out and everything, because he became, he ended up becoming a big shark and conservation activist, um, and I think he may even be an oceanographer now, um, but, or at least works in kind of that area. Uh, but that was a big deal because after Jaws, there was a major scare, you know, a major scare about sharks. There was a lot of, yeah. you know, National of Ge- anti-shark stuff. National Geographic wrote a, a report on how Jaws, um, basically created this influx of fear related to sharks and, I mean, there are so many different ways to die, like more common ways to die than of a shark attack. For instance. Oh, go for it. I have top 10 things more likely to try and kill you than a shark. Top 10 things more likely to kill you than a shark. Woo! Boop! Number one. Top Uh, 10 things more likely to kill you than a shark. Sorry. A dog bite. Uh, Getting infected is more likely to kill you than a shark. Number two, fireworks. <laughs> Number three, a tornado. With sharks in it? With sharks in it. Number four, falling coconuts. Damn. Those coconuts are beastly. Well, we don't have to worry about that here. Uh, an asteroid, more likely to kill you. No way. An asteroid. No, that can't be right. A fragment of a rock. A fragment of a space rock? Yep. No way. Is that real? Are you sure about that? I'll tell you the statistic. Hold on. Uh, global warming. It's more well, likely to kill you. It kills more people every year. It's a myth, you know. 
well, I mean, just heat kills more people every year. Uh, a bitey person on the subway. Because uh, uh, a bitey person, a on the bitey subway? person. Because staff infections are real thing, y'all. People bite um, you on the subway. Yes, biting on the subway is a thing. Um, <laughs> legal execution is number ten. You are more likely to die of a legal execution than of a shark. What? Yep. You have a one in three million seven hundred and forty-eight thousand sixty-seven chance of being killed by a shark. Well, so. The question I would have about those statistics. And you statistics. have a 1 in 1,134 chance of drowning. Well, that makes sense. But what about if you live on a, like, if, if you just, let's let's say you just take all the people that don't live on coastal areas where there are sharks, you know, wouldn't the problem, obviously, if you're going to be in the, if you're in the water, you know, five days a week, your probability of getting eaten by a shark is a hell of a lot higher than somebody who only visits the beach once every so I haven't five years. Done the research, but I, I would be <laughs> break willing, down those stats. I would be willing to imagine that it probably exists somewhere on a bell curve, with the majority of people falling somewhere in the middle of not really having very much access to shark-infested waters very frequently, and then. Some people never having access well, to shark Well, those stats are water. based on total then, population, I would guess. It is, of course. That's why I'm saying it probably exists somewhere in a bell curve. So, hey, listen up, Nebraska. You're you don't have much of a chance of getting hit by a, a shark in the water. But just wait till those sharknadoes come. Well, with, with the rate that sharks are being killed for things like uh, shark fin soup, especially oh, so in the up. booming Asian economy. So fucked One up. bowl of shark fin soup can go for $100. And they will, fishermen will throw back finless shark bodies. So messed because up. Because there's no use for We them. were just talking about that. I was just talking about that with um, with Michelle, our friend Michelle, who's a, she likes to, she's a scuba diver. Um, in fact, they're getting ready to go dive down in on the Channel Islands That's in right. California. I hope they. She was sharks. just she was just talking about because we were talking about this episode, and I and she loves sharks. She's very passionate about um, sharks, and and we were talking about the finning thing and and the the you know taking those fins off. That's just so messed up. I, I cannot understand that at all. And it's all for just a bowl of soup. It's ridiculous. So well, it's supposed to be virility or something too, isn't it? Isn't there something there, about the fin or I'm something? Sure, I'm sure, um, you know, culturally there's something there, but um, it's nuts. It's it's really like I said, killing an apex predator. It's like taking a leg off a table. It's you know that ecosystem is going to be shot and completely sideways mm. if we can't figure out how to write it. So you know, fish are friends, not food. We learned that from uh, Shark Tales. I think it was. That's right. Um, no, I think wait, it was no. Finding Nemo. It was Finding Nemo, yeah. yeah, not Shark Tales, but that was another cute shark, uh, shark kids movie. But so, folks, um, I'll wrap that up. That's the fear of sharks. Yeah. So, um, I think again, like you said, there's there's this innate kind of fear in us, and I think the ocean brings its own fears because it, it's you know I was just out I was out it's terrifying um, I was out kayak fishing in in Monterey. Um, a few months ago with a buddy and, uh, out on the water. And we, we went out, uh, past, past the, the surf and Monterey, if you know anything about it, there's a, just a real sharp drop off, um, very close. So the, 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 um, what's the shelf called the, um, continental uh, shelf. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's the Mariana trench, right? I think so. Is it, isn't that right? Um, anyway, the trench runs right there. That's why Monterey Bay Aquarium is so amazing. And there's so much amazing aquatic life around Monterey well, area. Because it goes from shallow to deep. Shallow to deep. Quickly. It like drops straight off, right? 
So we're out and, and we weren't even out to the shelf, but you could see it. It wasn't far out. You literally could see where the water goes black. Um, so it's less than a, it's less than a mile off the shore. Um, but we were out in about 60 feet, 50 feet fishing, you know, and just looking down and it's just so, and I grew up on the ocean, but even, even I was like, man, it's been a while since I've been out here. Yeah. It is just black. There's, you know, there's you, nothing. You, you just have no idea what's going to come up from underneath you. And that's, I think, part of what contributes to it. There's you know, so that, much that mystery unknowing. and unknown. And and I and think when, power people, yeah, and when people are in the ocean, there it's it's an unfamiliar place. Yeah. And so I think there's a lot of fear. And that's why it has spawned. Sharks have spawned a million freaking horror movies, which we're going to talk about because they are, they are they so are many and there are, and I got to say, as fuck, there y'all. are not very many good ones. No, not very many. No, we wasted a lot of time this week on bad ones. Oh man. They're so good though. <laughs> they're so bad. They're good. So, so good. So let's, uh, let's dive into our dive in. Hello. To some honorable mentions. And I'm going to, have a whole plethora of them. So just strap in, put your scuba tank on. You're going to need a bigger boat, guys. You're going to need a bigger boat because we got a lot of fucking movies to go through right here. All right. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Let's get into our honorable mentions. So I had no idea how prolific shark horror was uh, as a category. Such a rabbit hole. As a category, I did not realize like like it beats out damn near every other movie in horror that you can think of. I mean, I I would venture to say like there might be horror? there might be more shark horror than slashers. I have what? no, I don't know. I I could be wrong, but holy shit, man, it's insane. Like you go down the shark rabbit hole, you know, you ain't getting out. Um, it's, it's gnarly. And you went down that rabbit hole. I did. I did this week. And, and I, I think I'm a better man for it. <laughs> I've learned a lot about myself through this, uh, this process. Um, cause we all know, like there's, there's, there is the, the, uh, what am I hearing? Is that a plane? There's a plane outside. Oh, I thought it was a phone buzz- buzzing. Plane, a lot of plane outside. Um, there is, there's a plethora of like decent shark movies. Not many, but there's a handful. I mean, Deep Blue Sea was pretty good. Kind of cheesy too, but it was a good shark movie. Like it was, you know, it was a good blockbuster. It was pretty, you know, it was entertaining. Um, didn't have like LL Cool J in it. Yeah. You know, so that's a, that's an extra 10 points. Wasn't Um, he also an anaconda though? Probably. Yeah, there was a while there where LL Cool J was popping up in all kinds of shit. Wasn't he in like uh, Halloween H2O too? I don't know. He was in a bunch of those. Um, And then you had like movies like Mako Jaws of Death, uh, The Meg, um, which which just came out like last year. The kids loved. And The Meg was pretty good. It was entertaining. It was, you know, again, big, giant, you know, and this and The Meg was kind of like a cross between like Jurassic Park and Jaws, you know, um, with a lot of CG and a lot of, you know, uh, just just good fun. Um, oh my god, I just realized that in the last Jurassic Park there's an ichthyosaurus. That's the one that comes out of yes. the pond. Yeah. Oh my god, it just yeah. connected for me, you guys. Yeah. You witnessed it That's here. That's true. There you go. Shit, sorry. Boom. Okay. Anyways. Should have known it. You said Jurassic World and I was like, oh. um 
but then you had like open water. Did you see open water? That's the no, freakiest fucking I movie not. ever. I, that movie gives me panic just thinking about it. And I, I don't think I've ever rewatched what it. I've only watched it once. Uh, well, they're obviously. on a scuba diving excursion oh, and they go out. Oh no, you've told and, me this one. They get left. Yes. And they get left. Their oh, boat, their boat leaves them basically out no. in the middle of the ocean. Um, yeah. And then they get circled by sharks and it's, it's gnarly. Mm-mm. Um, and there's Mm-mm. open water, open water two, which I have not seen open water two cage dive. Oh wow. Um, that's the reef, which is a, is a good one. Um, I believe that's an Australian flick, uh, 47 meters down, which I haven't watched yet, which I'm, I need to, it's fairly new. It's a couple years ago. Uh, but point is there's a couple the shallows, um, with, um, oh, what the heck's that chick's name? Uh, Blake lively. I think she's the star of it. I feel like if you've seen one shark movie, but yeah, so that all. they're all, those were all like decent, you know, decent movies. They all had, and then I'm sure there's a bunch more that were higher than B grade quality mm. movies, you know, but I am pretty certain that shark movies and CGI were created just so we could enjoy amazing bonkers ass shark horror um, and of course, resurrect the careers of like eighties pop stars, like uh, Debbie Gibson and Tiffany. Cause they were in like a slew of those oh, like sci-fi channel shark movies and, and, uh, and former members of the Dukes of Hazzard. Cause you had of like course. John Snyder popping up at a bunch well, of yeah, them. See movies, see stars. They go hand in hand. If B movie stars, I, I was thinking about this. This is, I had this written down. If B movie stars had a logo, it would be a six headed shark. That's true. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I think they have that all uh, tattooed on them somewhere. Um, but I am so thankful and so grateful. Whatever the reason that we have so many, I am so grateful uh, that we have such groundbreaking flicks as, are you ready for this? No. Are you ready for this list? No. Okay. This is the list that I, this is only, this is all that I could come up. This is only the ones when I like ran out of, and I was like, you know what? I'm just, I can't do it anymore. I have to cut myself off. I have to cut myself off but I just started listing all of the shark horror <laughs> B movie horror flicks. So are you ready for this list? Yeah, let's do it. All right. We have mega shark versus Crocosaurus. Oh yeah. Mega shark versus mecha shark. Ghost shark. What? Ghost shark two. That's terrifying. Ghost shark two. Urban jaws. What? Malibu shark attack. Avalanche sharks. Malibu. Hold on. You skimmed past that one. Oh, Malibu I'm skimming. Shark. I got to I got to skim. Trust me. There's a lot. Malibu shark attack, avalanche shark, Wait, zombie what, sharks. <laughs> you keep interrupting. I'm I've sorry. got to get, I've got to go. You gotta, trust me. I got to okay. go. I got to go through this list. We can't it's stop. Just so bonkers. Don't worry. I have a top list. Okay. I have a top list. We'll get into some okay. of this. All right. So I got, let me go back. Mega shark versus Crocosaurus. Mega shark versus Mecha shark. Go shark. Go shark to urban jaws. Malibu shark attack, avalanche sharks, zombie sharks. Bait, Shark Swarm, featuring Daryl Hannah and John Snyder, with a runtime of two hours and 47 minutes. <laughs> what? Two hours and 47 minutes. How dare they? Shark Swarm, two hours and 47 minutes of John Snyder and Daryl Hannah. Wow. Okay, just, had to, just had, had to bring that one up. Shark Attack, Shark Attack 2, Shark Attack 3, Megalodon. Jurassic Shark, Shark Lake. Psycho Shark. Jaws in J- Jaws in Japan. Jaws in Japan. Megalodon. Uh oh, that was a Megalodon. Shark Attack Three. Megalodon is different than just Megalodon. Okay. Those are different movies. Uh, Super Shark, Shark Zone, Sand Sharks, Jersey Shore, 
shark attack. <laughs> ice sharks. Do you think that the ice sharks, sharks. the Jersey Shore all have like like fake tanner around their mouths? Oh yeah, they're all they're all super <laughs> orange. Um, ice sharks, raging sharks, blue demon, shark knight, hammerhead, shark man. <laughs> These are terrible. That's the same movie, by the way. Hammerhead. Shark man. Colon shark man. Uh, dark waters. Two-headed shark attack, five-headed shark attack, <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. six-headed shark attack. Yes, all separate movies. Someone was like, you know what's better than five-minute abs? Mm-hmm. Six-minute abs. That's right. <laughs> you know what's better you know than what? two-headed shark? We did shark. so damn well with that two-headed shark attack. That made us. Five. That made us like $60,000. We're going to, you know. Five fucking heads. We're going five heads. Five heads on that shark. If two head, if two shark, two headed sharks two times two is five, Bob can can eat tandem uh, uh, water skiers, which I believe happens in that movie. No, oh, no. Oh yes, the two heads come out and eat tandem water skiers. I'm Whose pretty certain. Ideas are these five headed sharks can eat five water skiers at once. Pretty sure, folks. You can achieve your dreams if these good movies got made. And finally. Empire of the Sharks, which I actually watched about half of, uh, which was about it was like a cheesy water world where sharks are controlled basically by a Nintendo Power Glove. Oh, neat! So like a guy's got like a Nintendo Power Glove, and he can just like push them over and like make them do things. Wow! And the sharks jump and eat people at his command with his Nintendo Power Glove. Oh, that that's weird. It's awesome. Yeah, hmm. it's, it's pretty money. How do they do it? But I did come up with. A top seven There's greatest. <laughs> I did not include all of them. There's seven more. And these were my top seven. My top seven greatest shitty shark movies of all time. Shitty shark? Shitty shark. Shitty shark movies. This is my top seven. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. My number seven, Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. Ooh. Now, we had the other Mega Shark movies versus Crocosaurus and versus, but this was the one that started it all. With Lorenzo Lamas and Debbie Gibson. I have to argue that the shark would not have a chance against the octopus. The octopus yeah. is a far superior creature of intelligence and intellect. Well, these were prehistoric. So what happened oh, okay. was, strange thing. let me give you a little bit of the synopsis here. Strange things are afoot in the depths of the sea. First, a passenger plane vanishes over the Pacific Ocean. Then an oil platform is obliterated. As they do. Marine biologist Emma McNeil is dispatched to investigate the phenomena. And with the help of Japanese scientist Seijay Shimada, she discover she makes a discovery that will rock the world. So that who's di- is dispatched, a marine biologist. What An enormous prehistoric shark and a giant octopus have been awakened from their icy slumbers. And they're hungry. <laughs> Plus, a massive great white biting through the Golden Gate Bridge? Sign me up. Literally jumps up and bites through the Golden Gate Bridge. Wow. Jumps up out of the water, bites through the Golden Gate Bridge right in half. So the Golden Gate Bridge is like... It's high. Six And lanes. it's big. This is a big ass shark. Okay. All right. These are prehistoric animals fighting it out. So... Epic. Pretty epic. But not as epic as number six. Oh. Planet of the Sharks. In the near future, glacial melting has discovered, excuse me, glacial melting has covered 98% of Earth's landmass. Sharks have flourished and now dominate the planet, operating as one massive school led by a mutated alpha shark. I mean, that's terrifying. 
The human survivors live in terror of the predators, and it's up to a few survivors to take down the alpha shark and make the seas safe again. I mean, we're not exactly built for water, so yeah. Planet of the sharks, man. Water I mean, world, but scarier. I don't know. It's coming, y'all. Pretty crazy. Global warming. Never know. Going to cover the whole earth. Yeah. I, for one, welcome our shark overlords. <laughs> Agreed. Right? Yeah. I mean, basically, shark that's... Shark week. Shark isn't, week. Isn't that basically like the... Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't... I, yeah. I, I welcome our shark overlords. Sharks for president. Um, and then we have number five, land shark. Land shark. Land shark. Oh, my God. Now you can't tell me this woman was killed by falling out of a tree. <laughs> what is it? Land shark. Cleverest species of them all. Oh, my God. Who is it? Land shark. Oh, Walter. <laughs> Land shark. Wait, that had nothing to do with this movie. <laughs> Land shark. <laughs> Which somehow, this movie is somehow actually more ridiculous than the SNL clip. Well, that's because that SNL clip is fantastic. It is. And I, I you know, I, I think there's probably a greater chance of having a shark just knock on your door and eat you. Housekeeping. Than, than, the, than the plot of this movie. Singing telegram. <laughs> po- po- postman. Postman. Uh, Milkman. Uh, special, special delivery. Spe- special delivery. So Landshark, when Linda Regis at Malco Oceanic Oceanic Research unravels a sinister plot to inject sharks with human DNA in the hope of creating a super shark super soldier, she becomes the target. 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 The target. The target. She becomes the target. The target of a dangerous killer. Target. Meanwhile, Malco's DNA enhanced sharks, having discovered a way to slip past security. The sharks have discovered a way to slip past security. Well, the, in yeah, case you're, they're bio-enhanced. In, in case you didn't catch that. Uh, <laughs> the DNA-enhanced sharks, having discovered a way to slip past security, are busy honing their newly enhanced killer instincts, both in and out of the nearby beaches. This is the one where we have to thank Simpsons, the dolphin episode where they become sentient and oh, take over my. Springfield. I'm pretty sure that's kind of the basis of, uh, of land shark. Well, in hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy, the dolphins were the sentient beings. That's right. So. That's right. Ugh. But that's only, that's only three. We've got our number four. We've done seven, six and five. Are you ready for number four? Mm-hmm. Shark exorcist. <laughs> wow. We are reaching. Satan has jaws. Yes, it says that. That's the first line of the synopsis. Satan has jaws. A demonic nun unleashes holy hell when she summons the devil to possess a great white shark. The only thing more terrifying than a shark in the sea is a shark in a she. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever writes these deserves an award. A shark in a she. A shark in a she. Yeah, that's a line. That's a line. Good grief. From the trailer. Wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Possession. Shark possession. It's a thing. It's a thing. Satan has jaws. Did you watch that one? I did not. No, I did not get down that rabbit hole. 
Uh, but I did watch this next one. Oh. I did watch this one because I was actually quite intrigued by the trailer. I really enjoyed it. Um, this one is 2015's Piranha Sharks. <laughs> Great white sharks bioengineered to be the size of piranhas. Think micro machine sharks. What? Yeah, like mini tiny sharks. Tiny animal. Oh my god! What if you could have tiny animal pets? Little baby what pets. Tiny animal yeah, pets. That's, that like, was their idea. That I was like the a point. tiny giraffe. Yeah. Oh, could you imagine like a tiny elephant? A little tiny elephant. Like a little tiny shark. It would be. It would be tank? pretty money. Until so great white sharks bioengineered to be the size of piranhas with the purpose of living in rich people's exotic aquariums Uh-oh. terrorize New York City when they get into the water New supply York City and do what great white sharks do best kill which is a misnomer they're okay we like the sharks they, they don't kill, kill the sharks they kill for food there was one scene so there was one great scene um was it a great white scene <laughs> Oh man. Wait, hold on. We got a clip of this, don't we? Didn't I do a clip? I think so. Oh, here, let's play the clip. People love sharks. Love them. We bring sharks into your home. Just like sea monkeys. Sea monkeys. Sea monkeys. Did you know that sea monkeys bring in 25 million a year in revenue and have for almost 50 years? You want to sell an advanced bioweapon to children at Walmart? No. No. No, that would be stupid. <laughs> So piranha sharks. So I watched it a little bit and, and the one scene I was kind of dozing off when I was watching it, but there's a scene where the, these, these sharks have gotten into the water system. Right. So this girl's filling up her bathtub, like think like, you know, like think like my nightmare when I was a child, Yeah, just fill up the, the, the bathtub, whatever. And she's just laying there and, and, you know, got her legs spread, and, you know, just doing her, like doing her thing. Right. Just, just laying in the bathtub, like normal, kind As of, you do kind of like, bathtub. kind of like in, in of nightmare like on more, Elm street, you know, where her legs are like up more sensual than you normally do. Just her, no, bath. just her legs are up like, like in nightmare on Elm street when, you know, when, 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 when she's just sitting yeah, in the when, bathtub. Right. And these sharks come through that shows them coming in the water, you know, coming through the water through and the going through the pipes and they're, so they're little tiny, they're little tiny pipes. and they're all, they're all like got big old jaws and they come through. And then all of a sudden you just see her just like, what? Huh? And like feels a bite. And then just the whole tub fills up with blood. <laughs> Jesus. Piranha sharks. Ruining. Bats. All right. But that's not, that's not all folks. You think that might be all, but it's not. Blee, 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 blee. That's not all folks. Number two, Sharkenstein. Oh no. 2016. These have all been made in the last few years too, which is even more what hilarious. What is it? Yeah. Sharkenstein. In the final days Are of World. Sure it's not Sharkenstein. In the final days of World War II, a secret experiment to weaponize sharks is shut down and destroyed by the Third Reich. But now, 60 years later, a small ocean town is plagued by a bloodthirsty, mysterious creature. One built and reanimated using parts of the greatest killers to ever inhabit the sea. The Sharkenstein monster. What the hell was that thing? Sharkenstein. Whatever. And basically, you know, we've got Nazi sharks. That's kind of what we're looking at here, I think. Yeah, that whole Nazi sharks. I mean, you know. Come on, man. Why not? Why do they have to be Nazis? None of those, though, are as good as our number one choice. Number one on our list, 2018's House Shark. Here's the synopsis. When Frank finds his happy home under attack by a dangerous but largely unknown breed of shark, he enlists the aid of the world's only 
house shark ex- expert. <laughs> Can't even read it. And a grizzled former real estate agent to embark on a desperate quest to destroy the beast and claim back his life. Because that's what you need is a real estate agent. It's Jaws, but in a house. It was some kind of freak suction built up in the pipes from the waste station. But what did the coroner say? What did you write at first? He said it looked like a shark attack. Shark! House shark! your song for the fast time. The house shack hit the blackest of eyes. Cold and dark. Porn star's anus before it's bleached. That was a big mama jama tooth. I need to sink. I'll catch this nugget for you. But it ain't gonna be easy. Bad fish or mammal or sharky thing. House shark! <laughs> So what's the plan? We're gonna have to go in there. In the house? Well, we're not gonna find the house shack in a mall. We're trying to mall shack in a mall. But we're looking for a house shack. Not on my watch! Pitch it off, Frank! Get out the way! Don't wait for me! Jenny Ball! Chase down! It's got the blackest of eyes. Like a porn star's anus. Before it's been bleached. Not going to find a house shark in a mall. Find a mall shark in a mall. We're looking for a house shark. (laughs) A real estate agent and a house shark expert. Well, yeah. Who's going to help you with the house shark? But when you have a house real estate agent, house shark expert. Hello. But what if you have a mall shark in your house? Um, That might be the greatest thing I've ever heard. I, I haven't watched house shark yet, but I feel like I need to. I kind of feel like I need to. That's not even our main honorable mention for a day. But wow. I, I felt like we had to get kind of a sense of, of what these shark movies have done for us in, in the world of horror. And what is out there that you can watch. You can go onto your, if you have Amazon Prime, you could literally spend the next three weeks just watching shark Don't horror do movies. Don't do it, folks. That would you be should unhealthy. do it. I really think you should. That would be really unhealthy. Mm. I think it's a wonderful idea. I think you should do it. I was like, I, I just put in shark and I was like blown away by how many fucking movies <laughs> popped up. It was insane. But our honorable mention for a day, and we're not going to play the trailer. We're not going to play the clip because basically I just wanted to, to make this our honorable mention because it's kind of the king of these types of movies. It's the creme de la creme. Right. I mean, and, and it's not the first, it's not the latest. Not but the it's the most memorable, I think, for most people. It's it's really everybody's introduction to bonkers, crazy ass shark movies, and that's 2013's Sharknado. Sharknado. And the synopsis is very simple: nature's deadliest killer takes the to the takes to the skies in the ultimate gill tea pleasure, as a group of friends try to save the Santa Monica coast from shark infested tornadoes. And we know this one. We don't need to say much about it. Uh, we got Ian Ziering, Ian Ziering from 90210 fame, and uh, Tara Reed from really bad boob job nip slip fame. <laughs> Is that all she's known for now? I mean, Not that's her what I remember amazing her. Amazing acting skills. She was in, was she in American Pie? Yeah. Tara Reed. I think, I think she was so. in some of those movies. See, that's how amazing her acting is. We're not sure if she oh, was in some Tara of those Reed. movies. We love you, Tara Reed. I hope you're listening. Um, but I hope you got 
I hope you got her, I hope she got her boobs fixed because they were pretty bad. She got a really bad boob job. And I'm guess I think she was on a lot of drugs back then. Well, too. they can't all be good. It was bad. Statistically. Um, but they joined forces to defeat the shark tornado and save the greater LA area from impending shark doom. Well, thanks, Tara Reed. I mean I mean Yeah. I don't know. The greater LA area could use a Sharknado, right? I wouldn't mind. Little, I mean, a little thinning out of the population. Well, just a little excitement, something new, <laughs> something different, you know? No more earthquakes. Earthqu- Maybe a Sharknado or two. A Sharknado on top of the earthquakes? I don't know. That's a lot of natural disasters. That's true. Yeah. Take it easy, God. Ian Ziering openly admitted that uh, that he did not particularly like this script, um, but he agreed to star in the film anyways for financial reasons. Um, he was about to lose his, his SAG card and his SAG health insurance. Um, and this, uh, this, and he was about to have another kid. Wow. He had a second kid on the way and he needed the money and it turned into a pretty lucrative fucking little deal for him. I think, I mean, they did what, like five of them. And I think he was in like all of them. Well, it kind of, or most of them, it kind of became a little bit iconic. It was a cult. It was a cult, little cult cult classic. classic. I mean, they are terrible. I was, I was trying to watch it. The first one, I remember, I think the second one was better. It's just the, the idea. second and third ones are better. The first one was real. It was pretty rough to watch. It was pretty all over. The it's place. just the idea of it is so absurd. And so unique, like really a tornado of sharks. I mean, what could be more fucking scary though? That's going to be my Halloween costume next year. I found uh, one. That's a good idea. Is uh, you put let you glue like little clouds on you, right? Like a little, uh, little uh and little toy sharks and then no you like have fishing toys? line with like bath toy sharks and then when you spin around you become the tornado brilliant oh thanks i love Pinterest. it brilliant did you actually see that yeah wow i love that um so yeah i kind of see think of sharknado as 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 the as the apex of of these just the CGI a- crazy shark movies. The apex predator um, of the CGI movies. If you were not aware of this subgenre and how prolific it was, I hope we've given you a good introduction because it's a it's it's quite it's quite a, a thing. I, I was I was pretty shocked. It's also kind of all you need to know. Uh, yeah. you don't really need to go any further. Well, and sharks are also a great excuse to see lots of chicks in bikinis. Because they're always, you know, there's always a beach, you know, beaches somewhere. True. So there's always chicks and thongs and, you know. Way to make it about being women and objects. Well, it is. I mean, that's, I mean, let's, <laughs> let's, let's face it. Be horror movies. Well. You got to have certain elements, right? You got to have a certain number of, we, we've learned this we've before. We've learned this. We know the rules. We know the rules. Roger Corman set up the rules. You got to have a certain amount of boobs. Well, you got to have a certain amount of, and that's what makes these B movies watchable. Do you, do you think that that's why the B shark movies, they still follow those same rules and, and the sharks are, are the slashers, so to speak. And exactly. always kill the girls yeah. that are you know, skimping on the beach. And blah, I mean, blah. they kill every, there really isn't, I, I was trying to find sure. a formula, but there is, it seems like there's a couple of ones that are like, like I said, water world kind of ish where sharks have kind of taken over or are kind of the, the, I don't know, are being controlled by somebody. And then there's the ones where the sharks are like on land have suddenly they're more sentient become, somehow. yeah, become, have, have gone through and they're like, they can go through the sand. Well, they did they can... develop three extra senses. So, or they're prehistoric know. and they pop up through under the earth. They come to life under the earth. That's another one. Um, that's another. And then there's ones that are frozen and they come to life. So literally they have tapped. I think the only thing I haven't seen yet is sharks in space, but I'm guessing it's out there somewhere. I would suspect reindeer sharks. Um, so 
With that, that might be the longest honorable mentions we've ever done. I think so. But I think it was worth it because we needed we needed to know about these shark movies. I think it was important. Um, really, when you get down to it, there's only one shark movie mm-hmm. that makes any difference at all. The king of them all. Uh, and you guys know what that one is. It's 1975's Jaws. And that is our feature presentation. Now, our feature presentation. There is a creature alive today who has survived millions of years of evolution without change, without passion, and without logic. It lives to kill. A mindless eating machine. It will attack and devour anything. It is as if God created the devil and gave him jaws. (laughs) This is Universal's extraordinary motion picture version of Peter Benchley's best-selling novel, Jaws. I just found out that a girl got killed here last week. And you knew it. You knew there was a shark out there. You knew it was dangerous. But you let people go swimming anyway. Is it true that most people get attacked by sharks in three feet of water, about 10 feet from the beach? Yeah. What we are dealing with here is a perfect engine, uh, an eating machine. We're not only going to have to close the beach, we're going to have to hire somebody to kill the shark. Bad fish. But I'll catch him and kill him. Did you hear your father out of the water now? This shark, swallow you whole. You're going to need a bigger boat.
All right, the original and undisputed king of all shark movies. I don't think there's really any uh, debate about that. No, hands down. It it was the first, and it's the best. I mean, it's it was safe. the first. It was the first, you know, big budget one that that started it all. You know, it's the greatest. Um, quick synopsis: When a young woman is killed by a shark while skinny dipping near the New England tourist town of Amity Island, Police Chief Martin Brody wants to close the beaches, but Mayor Larry Vaughn overrules him, fearing that the loss of tourist revenue will cripple the town. Ichthyologist Matt Hooper, there's that word again, and grizzled ship captain Quint offer to help Brody capture the killer beast and the trio engage in an epic battle of man versus nature. So one of the most iconic movies of all time, um, I think top 10 lists, uh, at least top 20 of, of all time. I think just movies in general um, considered, you know, al- almost every list that's out there. It's, it's one of the top ones, one of the highest grossing films of all time. Um, at the time it was the highest grossing film. I think over, uh, over 67 million people in the U S went to see the film when it was initially released. Wow. Um, making it the first summer blockbuster, basically movies used to be released in the winter, mostly like big budget movies. Um, and they went basically, it took them so long to, to, to make the movie that they went over their time and it ended up being released in the summer. Um, and that was when they put all the shitty movies and yet it blew up. It just became this huge, huge, massive hit, um, and grossed over a hundred million dollars at the box office in 1975, and now, which is crazy money in 1975. And what's that translate to now? Well, I think they, I think the, the last time I was, I was listening to the episode, a uh, horror virgin just did jaws last week <laughs> on their show. Well, it was 4th of July. 4th of July. You know, it's, it's, it's summertime. It's perfect time to do sharks. Right. Um, and Jaws takes place over 4th of July. Right. Um, but I think, uh, there was a, I didn't write it down, but I think on that, on the show, Todd mentioned that it was like one, it was like the equivalent of what, what it's earned. I think total is the equivalent of like 1.1 or $1.2 billion. Oh my gosh. Um, if you, if you adjust and do all the, that stuff. So crazy, crazy, crazy. Widely considered one of the greatest films of all time sitting at like 8.0, I think on IMDb. Yeah. It's a goat. Um, it's, it's, it's big time. Um, and it changed the industry, changed the the movie industry. Then they realized, Oh shit, people will actually go to the movie theaters in the summer because it used to be the thought was that people weren't going to go sit inside of a dark theater in the summer. They're out, you know, going outdoors and they're doing things and they're at picnics and they're, you know, they're not going to go to the movies in the summer. Oh, they were wrong. My, how times have changed. Uh Exactly. Now we can't get people outside. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, of course, directed by Steven Spielberg um, and written by Peter Benchley. I actually went and and bought the book this week um, and read most of it. Um, and it was really it was a really it's been a really good read. I, I looked at it and I went, oh, man, this is great. I can probably read this in about a week. It's a I mean, it's a quick one. I'm not I don't read a whole lot. But what are some of the differences between the movie and the book that you've noticed? There's a there's there's a couple of things in the storyline. So it's there's I don't think it I think when they made the movie, they decided to cut out some of the more salacious. Um, so it was a little bit salacious and it was a little bit, I think just not relevant to the plot necessarily. If, if you're sure. just taking the shark as the center of the, of the, of the book or the movie. Um, but in the, in the book, you've got your main characters are Brody, 
right? He's the chief of police and his wife, Ellen. Um, and then you've got Quint, who's the, the crusty old sea captain shark hunter. Um, you've got Hooper, who's this, this out of towner oceanography, you know, oceanographer, ichthyologist that, you know, is there is a shark expert, um, that comes into town when all this stuff happens. Um, and that's Hooper. Um, and those are really your main characters. Then you have the mayor and you got a few other side characters, but Brody's wife, Ellen in the book, um, has an affair with Hooper. So Hooper is an old friend's from her childhood. She's there's this whole kind of backstory about her being a, 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 a an out of towner who, who, uh, a mainlander, a mainlander who's, who was wealthy. And she married this kind of Islander who's not very wealthy and he's a police chief. And so there was always this kind of this tension about her old life and her current life, sure. and, you know, three kids. And so then she meets Hooper and Hooper is actually the, the younger brother of her, uh, of her, of an old boyfriend. So they hit it off and they start talking and then they have an affair. Um, so that's a big storyline that kind of weaves through the book. Um, and then you also have the mayor in the book is involved with the mob. Like the mafia is making him, it's kind of using him just in the real estate business and, and doing things. And that's why he's so hell bent on opening the beaches. So that actually kind of gives a little bit of a, like that would have given a little bit more depth to the movie. I think if, if that was kind of the reason why, cause he seemed just like a kind of like a flippant jerk. Like we need summer dollars, you know? Well, like, I mean, it's ooh. the Island, you know, it goes into in depth about how the Island is reliant on that season, that economy to yeah. get them through the winter. If they don't get that money in the summer, people go on welfare in the winter. Like it's, it's that bad. So they need those, that money to get them through. So, I mean, there's, there's kind of that that you know that kind of uh, deal when it comes to the economy of the island of, of Amity Island and all that kind of stuff. So there's definitely some differences, um, but the book's great. It's uh, I recommend reading it. It's a quick read. It's like 320 pages or something like that, um, and it's a it's a real fast read. It's a nice summer read for you. Um, and at the time that the movie came out, the book was the best selling book on the shelves at the time before the movie came out. So wow. it was already primed and ready. The the movie hit. Like perfect timing. The book was nobody expected the book to be this big bestseller, and it was. And then the movie um, it just blew up. right along. And then the movie came and just was perfect, right? Perfect timing. Um, so it just blew up. And um, and of course, you know, so Steven Spielberg uh, directed it. Uh, Peter Benchley wrote the book, and he also wrote part of the screenplay with uh, with uh, Carl Gottlieb, and then the score of the movie was uh, John Williams who did star Wars and Jurassic park and, you know, Harry Potter, one of the most famous um, movie scores, uh, composers out there. Um, and gosh, how iconic is jaws? I mean, as far as the score goes, <laughs> you hear that music and you know it instantly, you know, all of it. Well, we have a cookie jar that when you, it has a, it's, it's a shark. It's a shark. Head. Oh, I got to take a picture of that. It's a That's shark perfect. head and it has a bit, a bit off a bite, um a bite out of it a bit off no it has a bit off um surfboard um and it says cookie jar and then when you open it it goes no no and you like open the shark's jaws it's john williams man yep and that's still him wonder how much royalties they had to pay just, just to... those those notes no no yep no no so iconic that millions of dollars 
<laughs> so the movie stars uh, Roy Scheider as Brody, Robert Shaw as Quint, uh, Richard Dreyfus as Hooper, and Lorraine Gray as Ellen. Um, and there's always been a big debate about Jaws as to in the horror community, like whether or not it's a horror movie. Um, what do you think? Do you think Jaws is a horror movie? Wait, what else would it be? Drama, action, thriller, you know, one of those kind of things. I don't, uh, fucking six in one hand, half dozen in the That's other. That's how I like, always feel. Who cares? Nitpickers. Yeah, I feel the same way. I've always felt that way about trying to categorize these things. And I'm always in the camp of, yes, it is a horror movie. Does it have, I mean, Cujo was a horror movie, right? About a killer dog. And you've got this killer shark and they've got, and it's scary. And it's traumatized children from the time they were, you know, it's a oh, scary since movie. 1975. Going strong. Um, so yeah, I think it is a horror movie. I don't think, uh, I don't know why it's such a big debate, especially, I think it's just because it's not supernatural. It's not anything, you know, uh, there's not a lot of real scary, scary parts, but, um, but yeah, Are you I, I'm with me? you. The part it's a, where it's the a horror head movie. comes down in the boat is terrifying. Oh yeah. The biggest jump scare is definitely Ben Gardner's head popping out Ugh. from the, from his boat. Um, which funny story I was reading up, uh, Steven Spielberg, that was not in the original cut. And he decided he wanted to make that a more of a scary moment, more of a jump scary moment. So he went back to the studio and said, Hey, I need to refilm this. And they said, Nope, sorry, you're done. So he filmed it in a pool and, and, uh, and, and that's why he's did the, final the greatest. Cut. That's why he's, that's you why do he's what you got to do for the shot. Didn't he like pour milk in the pool? Yeah. To make it look murky and, and more like the bottom of more the ocean. Sea like, yeah. Gross. Yeah. So, so you've got this, this story of this little Island and, and it starts out with these, 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 you know, probably late teens, early twenties kids running. One's drunk and girls taking off her clothes. She's going to go Sex. skinny. She's going to go skinny dip. Take she's going, die. she's going skinny dipping. And the guy ends up passing out on the sand while she's out in the water. Cause he's drunk as shit. And then we see her, you know, get attacked. Right. So that's how the movie starts. Um, and then we have this whole drama of, you know, should we close the beaches? Should we not? Mayor convinces the chief to keep them open and bad idea because poor little Alex Kittner uh, takes his little raft out Aww. and gets, gets, gets chowed down. That's right. This is not a horror movie, but yet it kills kids and dogs. It does. True story. Um. And the funniest listening to, to horror version this week, I gotta, I gotta uh, bring this up because I laughed my ass off uh, the scene where all the parents run in the water, right? Cause the shark attacks Alex and they see the shark. Yeah. All the parents run out, grab their kids. Right. And they're running back. And, and then at the end you just see Alex Kittner's mom, all the parents are on the shore and she's still out in the water, like looking around for yeah. Alex Todd Todd on on Horror Virgin said that she lost the worst game of musical chairs ever. Oh. <laughs> He's very sad at that birthday party. Oh, so sad. But instead of just not getting a chair, you lost your kid. Oh. Oh, sad too, times. Too soon? Too soon? Too soon. Too soon. Oof. 1975. 1975. Poor Alex Kittner's mom. Still hurts. Oh, man. I love that though. Props, horror virgin. That was a good, good one. job. Um, so yeah, so so then you know, then we have this this search for th then they still leave the beaches open on the fourth of July, even well, after yeah. all that shit. Um, and we got you know, we got the the 
the shark expert and we've got the chief of police and we got Quint, the, the crusty old, you know, uh, shark hunter. And they embark on a journey after a couple more deaths. It took like two more, two well, more yeah, shark attacks before they didn't the mayor like have this like race, um, basically a bounty. And then people went out and like threw their, their, their wives, Christmas hams and, or summer <laughs> hams out there and then broke a dock. And it was actually, died. it was actually Alex Kittner's mom that offered the, bounty. And it was the roast. She offered the bounty of $3,000. That's right. Um, if, if anybody could come and, you know, would come and get, like so, so shocks and head. she took ads, it took ads out. And so the whole place was filled with all these fishermen from all over the place that came into town to catch this big shark. Cause and, that's what you do. You chum the waters when there's a shark. Yeah. Yeah. Which it always amazed me that there wasn't like the sharks didn't pop up in the middle of all the boats right. and with all down, of the chum, but it actually would have been kind of fun. That's how they would have done that. Instead of being subtle, like they did in that movie, if, they, if it had been filmed today, when all the fishing boats were out there, they would have, they, that, that scene would have just been like a massacre. The shark would have just eaten everybody um, just to make it more salacious. Um, fun fact though, you know, when she comes up and she smacks uh, Roy Scheider in the face, 17 takes and she couldn't do a fake slap. So it was full slaps every time. 17 takes cross face. Roy Scheider said that was the, that was the most painful scene he's ever done. And he was a professional boxer. It's not that bad. I've been slapped in the face quite a few times. Uh, 17 times though. That's a lot. That's a lot. But I bet I mean, you'd be hurting after that. How hard could she have slapped, really? So we end up with these these um the the, the three guys, right? Ultimately the more people die, the mayor finally gives in and gives Quint the shark hunter his money, and Quint and and Brody and Hooper all end up out on the Orca, which is Quint's boat. Ironic? Searching for not ironic, I'm sure, very purposeful, but uh, the orca is is the shark's only, only uh, predator, right? Yeah, I only mean, other pretty um, much. Yeah, apex predator for a great white. Um, besides us, the only thing above them. Yeah, I mean, besides us. Um, so they're out on the orca. You know, they they the, the first the most iconic scene is when uh, Brody is in the boat and, and the shark comes up out of the water and then just dips back down. And he's the only one that sees him and he just backpedals into the, into the galley where Quint is. And, and he says, you know, you're going to need a bigger boat, um, which was ad libbed by Roy Scheider. Brilliant. Wow. Um, not in the script, but of course the most iconic line of the whole uh, movie. Yeah. Ever. Um, and, and, mm. You know, then we've got this battle, you know, where they, they, they yeah. harpoon it and they've got the barrels and, and they, they chase it down and they, you know, they hook him at one point and they, you know, all this different stuff. Um, and then eventually the, the, the shark bangs the side of the boat and breaks the boat open and boat starts filling up with water and, you know, and it's, it just goes to this big climax where eventually, you know, Quint gets eaten, um, as the shark comes up you know, onto the boat and sucks him down. And, and, and then at the end, we've got this climactic ending where Roy Scheider shoots, you know, shoots the, the oxygen tank and blows, you know, blows jaws up into the, into the air and into floats back down. Um, and then we have Hooper that comes up from the bottom of the ocean after he's been, see, at one point he went down in the cage in a scuba suit and then dove down to the bottom and then comes back up at the end and like, Hey, we won. <laughs> 
I didn't even <laughs> notice that. Yeah, That's well, so he goes funny. down in the cage, right? And then right. and then uh uh ends up the shark hits the cage and he gets away and goes right. down to the bottom and sits down there until everything's done and then and come, and pops up at the end. Sits there. What a well, it was it was towards the I mean it was towards the end oh, when okay. they were kind of doing everything, but Quentin gets eaten in the meantime. Oh. And then pops should back up and, and he's like, oh, you know. Should have been Hooper. Well, it should have been. Well, the thing about Hooper was in the book, Hooper does get eaten. Oh, good. He pops up uh, or he gets, yeah, he gets, uh, he gets eaten in the cage, I believe. Um, Which is what Spielberg wanted to do. He wanted to get Hooper. He wanted to have Hooper eaten in the cage, but they had so many issues with filming that they put a dummy in the cage to, to, you know, mimic this and make it happen. And they never got the right shot. So they ended up scrapping it, just getting to the end and being like, well, guess Hooper lives. And they, Damn just, it. <laughs> and they just let him pop up. But nowadays with EGI, it would be so much. They easier. could have figured it out. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you, you think about, so that this movie was riddled with problems. Like it was, it was so bad. Um, how bad was it? It was so bad that Steven Spielberg vowed he would never film another water movie ever How again. How bad was it? In fact, he said, and in my next film, I am not even going to film anything in the bathroom. I will not drink water. I'm so tired of water. No one's taking showers. They said, uh, uh, there's a, the, the documentary, the official documentary, which is on the, on the Blu-ray, which is great. It's, it's really in depth. Um, I believe it's titled the shark is not working <laughs> because they had this giant mechanical shark that they had built for this movie. And they put that thing out in the water and basically it hadn't really been tested very well. And it was just constantly breaking down. It was, it didn't even work for the first upteen days of filming. Like it was a pain in the ass. Well, um, you know that I myself am a bit of a shark maker. Uh mm. You did a Halloween costume where yeah. you were a shark. Weren't I forgot about that? Where you're being eaten by a I shark. Was, I was. How does that not come up yet in this podcast? I was a man eater. Oh my gosh! I am so posting that picture and online I, this week. I uh, built this six foot shark that went around the top of me. And did you have to look through? Like, I, I I made a made little. Eye, this was eyelets? me in college too. Um, when all the other girls were dressed as slutty nurse, slutty, slutty, slutty fill in the blank, slutty bee, slutty ladybug. Chris was a shark attack victim. No, I was a man eater. <laughs> you had to say it like that. <laughs> Whoa, here she comes. Watch out, boys, she'll chew you up. Whoa, here she comes. She's a man eater. I, I sang that all night long. My friend, the bobblehead. She only comes out at night. <laughs> I'll make sure to get you that picture. Oh man, we are definitely sharing that. That was like, and it was that was. Yeah, I cannot believe that hasn't come up yet. I, can't I totally thought about remember. that this week too. Um. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh man. So yeah. So. Uh, so pain in the ass to film. You know all these issues. Um. But gosh, glad we. Glad he did it. Yeah. Because it was a badass movie, man. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. I love Jaws. I could watch it over and over again. I watched it, what, like four times this week? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and just just the best cast, too. I mean, Robert Shaw, who played Quint, is is just one of the most iconic characters, I think, ever. Um, notorious alcoholic. Terrible to work with. They had problems with him 
on the set getting drunk. Just like his character. The USS Indianapolis scene where he's supposed to tell the story about the USS Indianapolis and, you know, the true story, actually. The USS Indianapolis story is a, is a real story. That's a, that's a true thing that happened in World War II. Um, the first time they filmed it, he was piss-ass drunk and could not get through the scene. Um, and ended up having to go basically apologize to Spielberg and, and came out next day and did it in one take. It's very meta. Um, you know? I know, right? <laughs> you would think drunk, he'd be able to nail it. Exactly. That's the way you're supposed to do it. Right. Um, and he died three years after oh, filming, no. after filming it, 1978 dropped out of a heart attack at, at uh, 51 years old. Well. Um, he was British. He was a British, he was a British actor. Um, and died in, in Ireland. Doesn't seem as though um, he took very good care of his body. No, so. he was a, he was an alcoholic. He was kind of a notorious alcoholic. Um, had some issues. But that a brilliant way. actor. Really good actor, but always there's a lot of stories. We go online and look up Robert Shaw and look up stories of him, and stories of him with other actors and and stuff like that. It, it's pretty interesting. He played a, a villain against Sean Connery a couple times. I think he was in. You can't say it. Like been that. Some Bond, Sean Connery. There you go. Sean Connery. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'll take the rapist for five thousand, please, Alex. That's <laughs> David. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ain't no bum fuck. So yeah, so Robert Shaw, kick-ass, kick-ass character. Um, Roy Scheider, great, and then Richard Dreyfus. You know this. This. I mean, I think he was in um, American Graffiti. Before this, um, which I've ever seen that American Graffiti. Mm-hmm. God, there's so many people in that movie. Um, it's a pretty rad movie to watch because you're like, oh shit, that's that person. That's that person. They're all young and they all play kind of these small town. It's like the outsiders. 1950s. Kind of. Where you're like, oh, that guy. Yeah. And it's set in the 1950s too. Kind of that, that same kind of kind of deal. Um, but that's why he got this part. And then after that, you know, he, he was in a ton of stuff. Um, but yeah, man, love this movie big fan um and it is the apex of all shark movies there's no doubt about it uh it instilled instilled in all of us a fear of sharks at a very early age i think um don't you agree well definitely a, a at least a slight paranoia for sure for sure and man yeah it's really unfounded in fact though it is it is love your local sharks love your local sharks um <laughs> Steven Spielberg said, uh, not that long ago, I think it was in the documentary. Uh, he said, nothing has even come close to the difficulty of filming this movie. And that's why it's so great. <laughs> and it really is. I mean, it shows. I mean, literally every shark scene, every scene where, where you see the shark was, that was it. That was the only shots they got of the shark for that entire movie. That was it. That was all they had to work with. That's some brilliance so in editing too. They had to, yeah, they had to do some, they had to do some magic to make it, to make it all work. Plus John, John Carpenter's score building up the tension. John Williams. I'm sorry. John Williams. John Carpenter's score would have been awesome in that right? too though. <laughs> I would have really appreciated some Metal John. Chris is going to kill me. Some John Carpenter. Uh, I would love to see John Carpenter like remake the Jaws. What? Score. That'd be and cool. That'd be rad too. Um, I love John Williams stuff, but it's also very flowery and, and like, doo, 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 doo. there's a lot of like flutes and, you know, the ups are very up and the downs are very like down, but, um, he does the yeah, tr- we need some synthesizer in that bitch. So we need, <laughs> we need some dramatic synth, like from stranger things, rip RIP. Well, thank you for doing some shark stuff with me. Aww. Cheers. Cheers. Me clinking my, here's, 
Here's to swimming with bow-legged women. <laughs> I had to cheers you just so I could say that. Wait, what's the song? Show me the way to go, go home. home. I'm tired Time and I want to go to bed. I had a drink about an hour ago and it went straight to my head. But it had different lyrics than you, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, Feardos. Um, uh, farewell and adieu. Until next time. Stay afraid. Stay very afraid. Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu you ladies of Spain. For we've received orders for to sail back to Boston. And so never more shall we see you again. <laughs> Hehehehehehehe <laughs>